My body is human, but my soul is in two. Energy is evolving. Energy as consciousness. I start hearing like wings. He was a very weird sound. I do think that there are things that we don't know. These uh, human-looking creatures erase our short-term memory. And the species of humanity is a representation of consciousness in this universe. This Earth is actually multidimensional. We only see one dimension of this planet. Supernatural, metaphysical, paranormally out of this world. You have tuned into the number one source for forward thinking. It's the Paranormal Show with your host, Vera Martinez. Hey, welcome my lovely humans and aliens out there, starseeds, angels, and spirits of this dimension and beyond. Thank you for joining us on another Paranormal Friday night for June 22nd. This is the Vera Normal Show, and we are broadcasting live from the hills of Austin, Texas, bringing to you the best weird and strange and paranormal topics in this dimensional solar system. The Vera Normal Show can be downloaded for later listening on iTunes or just check out the show's archive at blogtalkradio.com slash veranormal. Whether you're working, driving, or just at home listening tonight, sit back, relax, and give us a call. Ninja's mic is off. Yeah, Ninja, your mic is out. That's right. So check, right, check, check, that's check, right, check, check, right check. down our number, 818-532-9739. Again, give us a call tonight, 818-532-9739. And your mic sounds off, too. <laughs> I know. Something's echoing. It was fine a minute ago. Hello. Ninja. Hello. Why don't we all talk like this tonight? Okay. What should we talk about? <laughs> oh. Let's talk about aliens. <laughs> Everyone, please welcome my co-host, Marfa Man, and our DJ Switchboard operator, Little Ninja. Thank you for joining me tonight, guys. Hola. Oh, how, yeah. How are you? Oh, yeah. I'm good. Um, I almost got murdered by, get this, a delivery, a delivery Krispy Kreme donut truck on the way over here. I didn't know they existed, but it swerved into my lane, and I I had to avoid it. And I got I got really mad and started like you know shouting at the guy. And then he pulls up in front of me, and the back of it someone had written, "This truck smells really good inside." <laughs> Just thought that was funny. That sounds sweet. <laughs> that was bad. That was like one of your jokes. I like that. That's terrible. I didn't hear crickets. Anyways, that's They're me. Sleeping. That's good, man. I thought that was good because I was I've been working out. But it's funny because I'm working out, but I'm still gaining weight, so I don't understand what's going on. And then it was funny because I was thinking about the gym, and then the donut truck came by. And it threw you off your whole program. It did. Did I got real hungry. Anyways. That sounds really good. Right that's my life. That's Marfa, man. Every week for you, one. That'd be a difficult job, man. You'd be eating donuts. You like... need to start bringing Krispy Kreme to this. <laughs> well, no. That, I, I'll just have Not it de- allowed. I'll just have it delivered, guys. That guy owes me one. <laughs> How about y'all? What's up? Not much. Oh, actually, we we just did a really cool. Uh, we did that. We did the sound bowl uh, meditation this week. Yeah, you told me you didn't tell you didn't tell me the experience. Go ahead. It was it was awesome. I've never done uh, a sound bowl meditation. Basically, what it is is it's a crystal bowl. It's actually a series of crystal bowls that um, this guy Paul Hubert um, 
out of Boston here, uh, plays. He's like a musician with these crystal bowls. And basically, it makes these like vibrating, uh, resonating sounds that it sounds kind of a mix between Enya, like chanting, like monks chanting, and like these crazy vibrating bowls. It's called holographic sound. It's, it's, you played it for well. us. It's beautiful. No, it's nothing like it. We have to take you there. Did you guys play or did you just listen? No, no, no. You attend and you, he walks you through a meditation and you just, experience whatever and was it just you two and in in this guy no there was no. about 60 people there 60 yeah, yeah. it so was the house it was completely crowded like you went to a bowl concert but it was intense it was intense it was, it was I, awesome. I wasn't expecting any of that i've been on meditations before and they're, they're it was completely different he makes all kinds of sounds with his voice and tones and it's not like a hypnosis kind of it i guess was, i yeah. suppose i don't i really was, don't know what to call it other than yeah. You just when you when you get out of there, you feel great. You feel wonderful. You feel interesting. And, and, and you literally, I felt my body just vibrating, like shaking, and and you feel energized and and happy, and I don't know what else to call hey. it. It's 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 worth it. Have you ever meditated before? I've attempted, and then I you know start thinking about. Sports center and stuff. <laughs> oh my! Of course, we have to take you there next time. Yeah, it's cool. You have to try it. I can only improve. So, what else is new with you? Me? Not much. Not much. Just uh, I mentioned Courtney's uh, baby snakes' transmission. We got it. We got it all fixed up, and then we're just waiting for it to stick and stay. So, got my fingers crossed. Put nothing but positive, you know, reinforcement into that. Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, we're on a roll of bad luck, so I'm trying to turn it around. Anyway. What about movies? I did see, we did see Prometheus. I'd give it a C plus. I, I was, heard it was terrible. I I mean, I, I, it's the beginning of how mankind was created. It could have been so much better. There's a lot of loose gaps in the movie, a lot of uh, character development that doesn't happen, and a lot of people's motives in the movie. You don't understand why they're doing something. Half people, you don't even know their names. And... Uh, it was just a little, it was a little off, but the idea overall was pretty cool. And to see Ridley Scott come back and and do something with the Alien franchise was really neat. So, but you would like it actually, but you'll know what I'm talking I about. It. No, I'm I'm done watching movies with ugly aliens, and I just don't want that in my mind. Sort of not even about that though. There's only like a glimpse of that at the end. Why do they have to be ugly looking and pointy teeth and? Ugly have, long have you ever seen nails and the second aliens aliens. I is, don't like it. It is awesome. Have you seen the fourth? I used kind? to like it. Yeah. Oh, that movie's awesome. I didn't the fourth. Like Why is that awesome? I know the director. It's so real. It's like you're watching a production. A production. No. Yeah. You know that guy that directed that directed Smoking Aces two. I can't. I don't know that movie. You know Smoking Aces. You like Smoking Aces. Oh wait a minute. It's got tons of people in it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like at a hotel. Actually, um, actually, now that we're on the topic of uh, media and uh, <laughs> I, I got a, I got a new one. Um, so I just applied for a new job. I know. Um, a new... Uh, but you don't leave for another 10 years if a, you get it, right? A, a new uh, reality show is, is uh, hiring, hiring DPs, and uh, I am going to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to miss you. No, but for real, there's there, there's a, a a proposed trip, one way trip, to, one way, 
to to Mars. Six billion dollars. The last moon visit was twelve billion. Oh, imagine that because it was twelve billion, and this is only six. That's that sounds like a a, a one a one way ticket. Oh right? yeah, you're right. I wonder if you can find that one way on Priceline. I bet you could. <laughs> I bet you can search that. It's not out yet. <laughs> yeah, they're taking one, so one way trip to Mars to to go live. Hundreds of people already want in on this. That's, already want in. Is this for real? You're mm-hmm. joking. No, yeah. no, for real. They're going to colonize. That's all this is about. This isn't a technical mission. They're not bringing hardly anything to study Mars. Okay. They're going there to live. And they're going to they're going to make a reality show out of it and broadcast from Mars. 24/7. No, they're not. 24/7 yeah. all the time. Isn't that awesome? No. We should totally go. Get the the guy that's doing it, Lands Landsdorp is his name. He says it's a combination between the movie The Right Stuff meets American Idol. They're going to he wants to create a casting of people and a process of elimination of who we pick to go up there and, and live. It's for, gonna be huge. For life. For forever. So, so you're basically choosing somebody's death sentence. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. There's not gonna be a lot to do there. Could you build. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine be and, and and here's here's the thing. They're making like a whole colony of like these capsules. I know, there's pictures these of little them. little tiny like I don't know, they look like they're maybe Six foot in diameter, eight foot in diameter, maybe at like the most. igloos. Yeah, little igloos. Could you imagine that? Hey, neighbor. <laughs> Can I borrow some toilet paper? I just ran out. <laughs> I guess we're never using toilet paper again. Hey, we're going to be grilling later if you want to come over. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure somebody will be delivering supplies every... Three years? Because that's how long it takes. Together? I... Three years? I think it's close to three years. But yeah. only three years on, on, on human... Yeah, time. but you're going to be in a spaceship all that time. It's like the movie Red but it Planet. Wouldn't, it wouldn't feel like three years while yeah, on the, yeah, will. On the ship. Not, no. not unless they sedate you. It makes you. no sense. It's three years. Well, it does. It's going to be three years inside of that thing for them. For them, too? Oh, yeah. No, only on the planet. Or th- no, the trip itself is three years. Something like the that. The trip to get there is... Yeah. That isn't... That it's isn't, human time. That, well, that is human time. They're... They're in a spaceship going okay. there that's going to take like a long time. It says, oh, hum- never hum- mind. I'm okay. another. Okay, here, what it's, movie are you in? Here, here it is. Here it is. Here's the actual. Here's the actual facts here. Once complete, humans will launch from Earth in 22, uh, 2022, landing on Mars seven months later. So it takes oh. seven months. To get to Mars. Oh, you see, not three years. That's a little bit dramatic. <laughs> now, now, residents. That's not far off. If you think about it. No. Residents of Mars, the, ex- the explorers will live and work on the planet for the rest of their lives. With follow-up crews arriving every two years afterwards. So. So they can come home. How much are the tickets? Six billion dollars. <laughs> hmm. I don't know altogether. I don't know. They they don't they don't say in this uh this uh I just can't wait to see T V when it comes on. Up oh, next, real world Mars. <laughs> I'll watch it. Of course you would. <laughs> but if you think about it, when these astronauts they're always doing interviews from space. So it's just gonna be cameras all around them. Constantly. You'll just be able to turn on the Mars station and I see don't what's know. going that on. Sounds crazy. You know how awesome that is to be able crazy. to float camera moves? Like you could actually like, just like float on over to the next subject, float on over to uh, you know get get. You could be a one man like camera. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all they need up there. 
They're gonna. They're definitely gonna capture something like you could get the devastating or scary. You will take that job away from me. I hear they I only. Bring you, I bring you with me. No. I, I hear they only have like ground beef and stuff. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. oh you wouldn't make yeah, it, Ninja. That's it. For whole over listeners, Ninja's vegetarian. I'm out. <laughs> if you did go though, and you, you were somehow able to come back within like ten years, I swear you probably would be like six foot six. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, you're it, supposed it, to grow. It stretches you there, two thirds of the part gravity? gravitation. Yeah. Well, that would be yeah. yeah. okay. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that story. You could come back and play basketball. We'll c- All right. <laughs> mm. You have to grow more than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, matter of fact, you were telling me you were gonna tell uh, share a story about a helicopter. No, you all want to hear that. Well, that's a good weird but true. Quickly. Um, because yeah. Because it's actually true. It actually happened. Hanging with new neighbors, and it was late, and we were wanting to go home, but we were stuck. We couldn't leave. They wouldn't let us. Wait, you? They were. We were on their. Let you leave. It was just. It was like being caught, stuck. You know what I mean? There was no avenue out. Oh. They were just constantly talking and talking, and you couldn't figure out when the right time was to jet. You know what I mean? We're sort of held captive. And okay, they wouldn't okay. let you talk. Yeah. They don't, I, I don't even know if they if they got any information from me and Baby Snakes. Really? None. Uh-uh. So, so they were talkers. Yeah, man. It was it was like being interrogated. So what happened? So I was praying for a miracle, and then all of a sudden I hear this very loud noise approaching us, and it was a huge helicopter. So it was, a, it was really low, so we went out front. We have an open lot in our neighborhood because they're still building. And I, was, I pulled out my camera because I thought that it was going to land. We saw police everywhere in our neighborhood. There must have been 12 cop cars. There was ambulances. There was fire trucks. Long story short, every neighbor is out there. It's like 1.30 in the morning. We're all getting to know each other. And what it was was a guy crashed his motorcycle. He was wanted. Uh, he crashed and skidded for like 100 yards. It was something crazy like that. Ran in our neighborhood with like broken legs, what? broken arms. He was bleeding. Oh. Some people saw him. So they were getting the dogs out, and the chopper was had the infrared. So they were looking for him. No way. And they oh, found yeah. him across the street. How does someone run on broken legs? Basalt. Adrenaline. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, my gosh. Glad he, oh. I'm glad he didn't see anybody. Is this a zombie case? <laughs> Could no, be. Let, him, let him continue his, his the, story. The guy was found in the house across the street from where we were at our neighbor's house in the backyard. And she, uh, both, both of them were doctors or something. They weren't even home, so he was just laying there. <laughs> they went in and got him and drug him out, put him on a, on a um, stretcher, and then they left. And that was it. You live an interesting life, man. But Baby Snake said, "She goes, I'm gonna write that guy in jail and thank him for doing that, so we could, so we could leave the neighbors out." <laughs> <laughs> they sounded more like vampire energy suckers. Oh, yeah, they were. They were. It was. How sad. It was rough. So that's the story. Wow. Well, I might actually write him. Hanging out with some vampires. Yeah, they were. They were a little nocturnal for sure. You used to be a vampire, right, Ninja? Me? Yeah, on a TV oh, show. Yeah, I was on. Uh, that's right. That's funny. I was. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of which, well, I, I was. You think I was? <laughs> I was actually uh, not a vampire, but I was a bringer on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh uh, yeah. That, that was back in back in the day when I was uh, trying to be a stuntman. Buffy the Vampire. I love that show. <laughs> I did what? I did. Of course you would. That was fun. They they did they did like the mold like the. It was the a craziest show ever. Yeah. How can you like that show? I mean, I watched the first like two seasons. I don't um, know. I can even hear the theme song. Mm. I don't remember. That's Offspring, isn't it? I don't remember. Anyway, that was interesting, speaking of which, vampires. Yeah, that, I only did that job for a day. I was like an extra on that. Oh. 
I was featured. <laughs> I was a featured extra, actually. Extraordinary. Well, speaking on humans with wonderful powers, I don't mm-hmm. think that's quite the topic for tonight, but tonight's topic is creating a new ultra-human. Nice. Wouldn't you like to be an ultra-human, Marfaman? I think I already am. I'm ready. Are you curious <laughs> to see what would it take to get you there? Definitely. Doesn't it have to be something with Doomsday coming? Or how do we call it? Perhaps. Not Doomsday. Well, it's not... 20, to me, not 2012. It's, not it's the awakening. Sorry, I've been reading about this all day, so... I think it's more like an awakening or... A change. I like to think of it you that know, way. It's, it's kind of crazy because you told me a fact uh, the other day about about your, your research. Talk, oh, tell us about that. That's pretty interesting, actually. Um, we've been doing... Since we've been doing the radio show, like a year and a half total of doing it, um, when I research my weird but trues, I've just noticed that through more lately through time of of the evolving looking up weird but trues on a constant basis, I'm just telling you they've gotten a lot more stranger. Uh, if I read most of the ones that I come across, we might not have a show. <laughs> really, it's some bad stuff going on out there. Yeah, that's. It's really heightened right now. Now, do you think we're desensitized to this, or like they have to shock us more, and so they're like this stuff didn't go reported before, and now the news is like, well, it's open, yeah. You know, it's kind of like, well, we can actually we can actually talk about it because we just talked last week. We talked about eating somebody's face. So yeah. Now we can one up that level and and go with crazier. I think it all to me what I've been reading is a lot of it has to do with 2012. We, we're witnessing all the create like the big. Tsunamis and everything is so, like I said, heightened right yeah. now. Like everything's to a max. And uh, I don't know. You know what I noticed is there's a lot of talk about zombies all the time now. They're not even real. I don't even get it. What's the fascination about it? Just don't get it. I don't know. People are like preparing that. There's a place in like North Carolina right now where there's these people are like a lot of them are training to how to take care of uh, zombies. It's a really? school. A school to, mm-hmm. to to fight zombies. Yeah. And how to survive, like what happens. Wow. Sure. Okay, well, coming up next, let's listen to your weekly Weird But True with Marfa Man. Are you ready? Let's roll. And then after that, we'll have our interview with the very special guest talking about how to create a new ultra human. Weird But True. Yo, yo, y'all. This is your Weird But True with Marfa Man. All right. Summer is here. June 20th, it came. Summer solstice, the longest day of the year. I didn't know too much about this. Did you guys? Anyways, the solstice are results of Earth, North, South axis uh, being tilted 23.4 degrees relative to the ecliptic uh, plane of our solar system. Um uh, the North Pole is, is tipped more towards the sun than any other day of, of 2012. The opposite holds true for the Southern Hemisphere, though, where it's the short, it's the winter solace, same day, and uh, the shortest day of the year. So in the nor- Northern Hemisphere, it's actually, and, and this is a funny fact, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's actually, that's the one that's the furthest it actually is from the sun. I just kind of learned all that stuff today. I just thought that was interesting. Um in mentioning it, it's actually a couple of fun facts. The ancient Egyptians built great pyramids so that the sun, when viewed from the Sphinx, set precisely between the two pyramids on the summer solstice. And um, they knew so much about, about solar orientation. Mm-hmm. Like we're actually studying 
as architects and stuff, our, our society now is studying what they did back then. Oh, I know. To, to face it's so different now it's, than it was then. It's pretty awesome. They're going back to, to what they used to do back in the day. For They did, and they relied heavily on the calendar, a lot more than what we, what we do now. But uh, recently, archaeologists discovered the remains of an astronomical observatory in a long-buried Mayan city in Guatemala in which the buildings were designed to align with the sun during the solstices. The solstices. And uh, Stonehenge has been associated with winter and summer uh, solstice for about 5,000 years. So um, I just figured I'd mention that. Remember when Chevy Chase knocked down the Stonehenge in European vacation? (laughs) (laughs) Clark W. Griswold. All right. UFO County Fair in San Diego, guys. I like it already. R- um, it's running till the Fourth of July. It's actually been going. It'll be going when when the Fourth hits. It would have been going for a month. It started two weeks ago. It's called Out of This World. Will include exhibits dedicated to space travel done by humans and alleged uh, trips to Earth by alien visitors. The fair is America's uh, sixth largest right now. They want to be the number one. Um, just to describe it for a second, the infield area just happens to be where most of the alienated exhibits are located in a section called Area 50 Fun <laughs> that will display an alleged alien encounter such as Roswell in, in ancient Egypt, and I have a mock UFO crash. And um, it's, uh, it's also reports of a creature known as Roswell the Tweeting Alien will be providing online updates throughout the fair. <laughs> so... Um, they also say this is probably going to be a really great opportunity uh, to raise the profile of uh, ufology, I can imagine. Good. So it's our, and, uh, San Diego is currently the hotbed of UFOs. That's why they're doing this. And they say it's because the skies are so clear and sunny and there's a military base there that it's easy to spot things in the air. Really? And I wanted to mention this, Vera. You like this. Um, Eve Featherstone, an artist who says she channels her work from extraterrestrials from other dimensions, including a female reptoid goddess-like creature, um, was she was actually unaware of the UFO uh, carnival until she was contacted to, about it, and she said, "As long as it's fun and silly, they'll love it. If it's fear-based, they're not interested." And she's referring to the aliens. Nice. We, yep. We should try to contact her. Let's have it on the show. Her group is called Urnarius, and they've been around since the 50s. And they believe that 33 alien spaceships are currently on their way to Earth to land on top of each other in a rural area of San Diego. So. Hmm. If the aliens didn't invite to the fair, well, that's just not fair. <laughs> All right. Here's another unique way to exploit aliens. Y'all are going to love this. Economic, economist. How do you say that? Economist Paul Krugman. Economist. 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 Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he has a solution to America's economic woes. This is crazy. Prepare for an alien invasion. So arguing... That the United States successfully ended the Great Depression with government spending, he provided an interesting idea about how to replicate that economic uh, feed on Tuesday at the uh, Take Back the American Dream conference in Washington, D.C. This is what he said. If we could get something uh, that could cause the government to say, oh, never mind those budget things. Let's just spend and do a bunch of stuff. So my fake threat from space aliens is the other route, Krugman said, before laughing to a crowd. I've been proposing it. Krugman has offered up his space alien proposal last year on CNN, and uh, he claims that it's actually a show. He got the idea from the Twilight Zone, an episode of the Twilight Zone, in which scientists fake an alien threat in order to achieve world peace. Genius. Hmm. Isn't it? Genius. So aliens could fix our, our economy problem and not having done anything. It would be funny if, what if, they, what if they knew about this and we did that and they just came. 
<laughs> they saw an opportunity. We have a whole other economic mess. Okay. Um, uh, Mike, uh, alien invasion to end of the world. Um, uh, this is actually I'm okay. Mike, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Michael Luckman, the New York-based writer of UFO books, is committed to becoming what might say. And this is called. He's calling it Doomsday. Um, uh, he's started his new radio show called Radio Doomsday. The show, which could be promoted as all Doomsday all the time, airs every Thursday at midnight. It premiered a week ago, and Luckman predicts interest will pick up over the next six months. That's because some believers uh, believe the world will end on the 21st, the last day of the Mayan calendar. He doesn't believe so. He thinks that things are going to happen. It's going to be destruction, but he thinks that uh, we are going to continue living after after this. But I just thought it was interesting that he's starting his own um, his own radio show. And it's interesting because of our topic tonight. Mm. So, um, all right. And I'm going to, I'll end it with that. I do want to add that there was another bath salt incident that took place. I won't describe it, but I just no. want to say the guy that, that did it this time is connected to the other guy in Miami. They are connected. No. They are connected. Is this, this, this is confirmed. This is confirmed. They, but they don't know, they haven't said exactly why. But uh, something's going on in Miami. I don't know what. This is the third. This is the third case. This is the third case. So on top of that, the Miami Heat won the NBA Finals last night. But if uh, things don't start cooling down in Miami, we're gonna have to change the the name to the Miami Heat. <laughs> oh no, that's terrible. Oh, you're weird, but you're with Marfa Man. Yeah. This was your whip, but true. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Just logged in. We are the Vera Normal Show. If you want to check us out, please go to www.veranormal.com. You can find me on Facebook under Vera J. Martinez and on Twitter at Vera Normal. So send us your questions, ghost stories, or book suggestions. Our guest for tonight is the author of the inspirational book, The Human Experience. And he's also the founder of the Birth 2012 Project, in which some of the greatest visionaries on the planet are committed to unite 100 million people on December 22, 2012, in hopes of creating a new ultra-human. Everyone, please welcome life coach, author, and speaker, Mark Cordius. Hello, Mark. Thank you, good, good. How are you doing? Good, good. We're just here. Excited to have you on board. And first, um, had... Let's begin talking about your book. Why inspired you to write The Human Experience? Okay. Um, that actually started when I was 16 years old in high school. I started writing poetry, and that continued into my 20s all along, finding some kind of a connection between it, and I realized that a lot of what I was writing was just my understanding and muses about life and how life worked. Mm-hmm. 
so I tried to organize it all together really to explain my belief to me more than to really anyone else. I was writing the book so that I could help myself have a clearer understanding of what I believed because I thought I believed some pretty far out things and um, I, I like that you guys really like to discover all those far out things and that's kind of what I was doing. I was trying to discover my own beliefs. That's how it all started. Okay. 20 years ago. Wow. And you used to be a salesman, right? I was. I uh, had a long career in sales. And I look at sales all the time and, and wonder why I was in it and how that would affect my life. For a while, while I was doing the sales work, it was very um, it was a struggle for me because I felt like it did not fit with my spiritual beliefs of unity and love and kindness and compassion. And sales world is very competitive, uh, very egotistical, very materialistic, and it didn't really fit with the core of who I was. But I realized that I wanted to teach what I've learned about life to the real world. And the real world is very much represented by the sales field that I was in. It's just like sports, uh, any kind of athletics. It is very competitive, and there's a lot of ego, fear-based thought. Yeah. In it. So I realized that it was a, an excellent training ground to learn how to apply what I knew about spirituality and how it could uh, positively affect my life and carry that into the sales world. And really, I, I'm a lousy salesperson, but I've been very, very successful at it because I'm a very good person. And I bring integrity into sales. And really, it's just relationship building. Mm-hmm. Learning to build relationships through good communication and basically following the three things that I talk about in the book that make up what, what love is, and that's truth, tolerance, and compassion. So I use those three base virtues to really work through almost any issue. Any kind of situation in your life. And it was interesting because you do mention in your book that it was really difficult for you to work along with these people that claimed themselves to be very religious, but yet in the business, the rules completely changed. I think that's true in almost any business, especially if you, even if you're not spiritual or certainly religious, just feeling morally uh, responsible for how you behave when you see other people that don't. Sometimes you get mad when they get ahead. You, you see that somebody who really isn't a good person, but they're being successful. And you mm-hmm. say, how, how do they get ahead when, when I'm doing the right things and I'm not? And really when you've determined what the quality of their life is versus what the quality of your life is, as long as you're happy, don't worry about what their success is because you don't know how happy they might be or how miserable they might be. Do you believe that someday the business system, I mean, that it could be possible for everybody to to be at the same level spiritually, I guess, and, and practice a business? Good business, at, business ethics? At, yeah, like, you know, good moral values and following the rules of ethics and et cetera. Do you believe that? I, I do, and I believe that's where we're heading, and that's, that's a one-twelfth 
of the Birth 2012 project, which I, I want to make sure, that a, a quick correction, I'm organizing a local hub, one event in Orlando, Florida. The actual event, the global event, is being organized by Barbara Marks Hubbard. Oh, okay. And Barbara Marks Hubbard has 12 of the world's leading visionaries as her welcoming committee for the project. It's Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote Conversations with God, Jack Canfield, who wrote Conversa- uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul series, and he's got more books in print than anybody except for the Bible. And then there's Michael Bernard Beckwith, who are all well-known spiritual leaders, but there's there's nine other ones that people may know, and you can go to birth2012.com or to my website, which is they're linked together. But my event is just one of the 12, and her idea has been, she's been working on it for 50 years. Barbara Marks Hubbard ran for vice president, was on the nomination uh, in the 80s, and her whole platform was that she wanted to create a peace room in the White House with the same resources available to it that they applied to the war room in the White mm-hmm. House. And that's how she got on the ticket. But she always had this vision of realizing that humanity was getting to a point where the science would either destroy us or bring us to the next level of evolution. But before we could do that, we had to be conscious of our own evolution and being aware that we were not only evolved, but we are still evolving. And you brought up the ultra-human. Many people still debate whether or not we were evolved from anything. And true scientists, there is no debate. We, we know that we have evolved to this level over a 14-million-year period. Right. But we are not done evolving. People think, okay, you know, we evolved from the apes, and now we're here, and that's it, that's just a, a silly assumption, and to think that we're not going much further uh, over the next 14 million years would be silly as well. And to think that we're only one small part of the universe, and that there is nothing else, and that we're now way connected to the rest of the universe would be just as silly. So I think that it's wonderful that you have all these topics about aliens and wondering how we fit into the entire universe. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, getting back to your book a little bit, in your book, I want to talk about this. You say, finding purpose begins with, with self-discovery. To discover why we are here, first we need to better understand what we are. And I thought, wow, he's really going to get into that. So I want to ask you, what are we, Mark? Well, that's a, a wonderful question, and it's really the beginning of any of my presentations because it's the question that we've we've been asking since we've been aware of our own existence and it's two questions is who am I which leads to why am I here and who am I is really the, the title of my book the human experience and it comes from a Pierre Telhart de Chardin quote that says we are not human beings having spiritual experiences we are spiritual beings having human experiences. And that's really what we are. We are body, mind, and spirit all mixed together. We have this incredible energy, this soul, that we don't know where it came from, but we know that it is a lot more than just what our body and minds can perceive. But without the shell of our body, we would not be able to experience all that the soul is. So it's a very unique experience 
in the universe, and I think that people who understand on a deeper level of all the different uh, ways that the universe works together realize that the experience of being human is very, very special in the universe. And we can see that because we do know that there are no humans within our sight. We can see for millions of miles, we, we know that on Mars, we know in our solar system there is no other human-like life form and many, many other solar systems around us. So just in that huge of a space that we are that unique is very, very special. To think that we are that in the entire universe is absurd. Correct. And then you, you also said, you make an analogy, it says our physical bodies need energy from food, water, and oxygen. And our spirit bodies also need energy. So tell us, how do we feed our soul? You're doing it for me right now. Uh, a lot of it is, is interaction and it's uh, communication and it's sharing. It's being around other people. That's a, a one very... Uh, resourceful way of, of sharing energy is, is just being in fellowship with another human being and bringing yourself up. Watching the, also, oh. Go ahead. I said watching the news probably doesn't help. And I agree with you. I don't watch the news. It doesn't help because it, they don't put anything on the news that you really need to know. They don't really put anything on there that is going to help you in any way. Nine times out of ten it's negative. Yeah, and and that's you, you were talking about it earlier. It's what sells, and that's it is a product, and they need to sell the product. So using the negativity works, and uh, I think that you're right. The Doomsday 2012 radio show will pick up more and more interest because there are a lot of people looking for that negativity. I try to focus on the solutions instead of the problems. We call it solution-based thinking versus problem-based thinking. So many people find blame and guilt for the way their life is instead of trying to take any responsibility for it and come up with a solution. So when anybody comes to me with a complaint or problem about anything in their life or anything in anybody else's life, I say don't come to me with a complaint unless you have a solution or a suggestion for them. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, like um, just helping, wanting, wanting to help yourself. Yeah, yep. and you were talking earlier about business and or do we have a shot at, at changing business that's what, uh, like I said, one-twelfth of the wheel of co-creation, and you can see this again on uh, the Birth 2012 site, and I'm going to actually put it up on my website as well. It's a very important part of the project, and it's looking at the 12 sectors of society and the systems that are in place for running our society, and it talks about things like business, finance, spirituality, education, governance, uh, environment, and there are people working in each of these sectors now that we call the Trojan horse. They are spiritual people that are working to make change from the inside. And each of us as individuals has a role to play in helping bring about this change. And I, I hate to sound like I'm uh, kissing up, but you, you guys are doing a great job of that yourselves, of oh, asking you. the questions. You know, I think that's a really important part of it. So uh, there are people from the inside that are working at it, and I think that we on the outside need to always look for what are the new possibilities but if you look up, the, there's a book called The Trojan Horse, and it's actually a free book. It's a gift to anybody who wants to see how positive change is being made. And that's, again, a big part of our project is we want to point out what is being done right. There are things being done in politics that are right, but 
all of these systems need to be completely revamped to bring us to the new ultra-human. And a lot of that is just about social consciousness. Have, have you guys noticed how, how bad some businesses are these days? It's it's getting out of hand. How bad? Yeah, bad, how bad businesses are. Like their customer oh. service or just, just plain old ripping you off. Like i got to check my phone bill all the time to make sure that I'm not being overcharged. Cable? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's like if we can get back to the basics of business, I think – are basics of everything, really. Which is service. I mean, the, the reason they're in business is to give service to somebody, not just to make profit. And if you go back to giving service to somebody, you will find yourself very successful. And that's kind of what I was talking about with bringing ethics into business. If you do a good job of taking care of somebody, they will want to support you and continue giving you your, their business. So I, that's a great point. I like that credit card commercial. <laughs> Hi, this is Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that one. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that one. He's in a he's in like a cabin, like in the middle of the woods, but he's the, they keep calling and they always have like famous people calling him, and uh, to, because they have a crest question about their credit card. But he he's all he doesn't try to help. He like crumples papers, and like the stores that always manages to hang up and they're trying to call for a question. But it's funny because he he says his name is Betty. Oh, he's like the male. Yeah. Oh. Shady business. Oh. Exactly. That's funny. <laughs> Random. Yeah, random. <laughs> That's Mark. I was familiar with it. And Hello, forgiveness. I'm here. <laughs> so, um, in your book, you also you talk a lot about the power of creation, and you actually said the power of creation begins with thought. Sending thought into the universe is like placing an order for delivery. So my question to you is, I'm going to give you a scenario. How will this apply to a live scenario? Let's say there's a car salesman, and he's selling um, a vehicle to a buyer. He tells them this wonderful car you're going to get, and it's going to be this much. Well, the buyer gets all excited and gets the car. So basically, the salesman pulls a bait and switch on him. What did the buyer do wrong in this case. Okay. Basically, First of all, you're, you're you're asking a question about karma. Like, okay, did they get punished for doing something? Is that what you're asking? If they, did they or did they not program? Did they not put in the order correctly? Well, it's a simple example. Like you're talking about the power of creation begins with thought. And this guy is, let's say, somebody who needs a vehicle to go to work and wants to go get a vehicle and He's, he's really trying to use his power of thought and said, okay, I really need a car. I mean, that's something simple and materialistic that most people need a vehicle. But he has all the good intentions in the world to use his vehicle for. And out of nowhere, he finds a very, I don't want to use the word bad, but shady, shady selfish car salesman. And he gives them a really bad deal. He gives them a car that barely runs and he, he takes his money. So how does he, what did he do wrong if he had all the good intentions and yet he got scanned by this by this car was it, salesman? Was it a new car or is it a used car salesman? It doesn't you know matter. That, <laughs> <laughs> it's a and used well, car. Right. There's a lot of things. First of all, um, understanding the person that you're going to, to, to meet, the salesperson, it's very easy for good people to be taken advantage of. And 
the reason that it happens as far as what that person put out there isn't always as clear-cut as saying, okay, they didn't program it right. Mm -hmm. But if you want to look at it at just the programming part of it, because it can be a common thing. There could be another reason that you have that car. Perhaps you wanted to have, you wanted to, I'm not going to say you, but perhaps this person that went in to buy a car asked for two things. They asked for a car so that they could get to work and, and get a great job, but they also asked to meet somebody that they really wanted to fall in love with. And they bought this car thinking it was a great car, but instead it turned out to be a piece of crap that they had to bring into a, a shop. And while they're in the shop, they happen to meet this guy there who was bringing his car in that was also a piece of crap. But that guy ended up being somebody that she ends up falling in love with. And it was just this, the synchronicity of having to buy that car. If he, she hadn't bought that car, she wouldn't have been in the garage to meet the guy who also was a very nice guy but bought a piece of crap. So sometimes bad things happen, and we have to accept that it's not because we did anything wrong, but because it's what leads us to get something better that we wanted. What was meant to be, yeah. Right. And we have to accept whatever it is. We put out there what we want, and you never know if she ends up bringing that car in there and the guy that she falls in love with was bringing in a much better car, and they get it fixed, and she ends up having something much more to get to the car and the guy. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting because that takes me to the second topic. In your book, you also mentioned it's very important to let go. So this is where it could go wrong, where the person gets all caught up in the drama of, of being scammed, that he's not letting go. Therefore, he's not allowing for this new experience to happen to him, which is falling in love. You nailed it, exactly. And that's you, you said it all. You, you let go of the attachment that you had to the outcome. You were attached to having this great car, and instead you're mad that you don't. But if instead you say, well, now I, I got this car. I wish I had had a better car, but now I have to deal with it. What do I do? I bring it to the car. I get it fixed. And you just allow that to happen, and that opens you up to more opportunity. When you're very angry, it shuts out a lot of positive opportunities that you could get. Oh, my gosh. That can apply to a lot of people that I know. This is funny. No, I'm going to buy a new car like next week. <laughs> I already know it. I know it. You were just talking about transmission. Yep. Well, this is common. This is something common that happens to people. Any Every any kind day. of normal situation where you feel scammed, you feel like somebody took advantage of you, and what is the first emotion? Anger. Well, this is what they told me. It's probably an electrical system, so let's do that and fix it. But if it's not that, it's your transition. So, and we, you know what I mean? That's kind of like, just don't just you know they didn't tell me what the problem was they're like we're going to do this first and if it's not that then it's going to be this you know what and i mean maybe you know what i mean it's a little shady <laughs> okay Not all your car problems will go away soon the only things i have now are when my own body feels drained my car battery dies <laughs> my car problems often represent my real human problems in fact the same thing with a toaster or anything else you'll find if you pay attention to problems in your life to actually reflect thought patterns that you're having. Oh my God! What? I to her car. Oh, it was man. me. You said transmission. Uh, do you ever have a hard time changing gears? Do you ever have a hard time in your life? It's not going, a stick. Speeding up really fast, all of a sudden having to slow down and deal with a different pace. 
Yeah. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. Anthony, you affect everything around okay, you. Okay, well, Mark, what do you think is just happening to to him? Uh, well, again, it, it could be something similar to that because, again, usually it will represent what that function is. So that, that function of transmission is to change gears. So in, in his life, sometimes oh. I, uh, in my life I've noticed that I had a hard time with my brakes. And it was because I couldn't slow down. I, I would just go, 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 and my brakes kept going out. I kept, they kept wearing out faster than they should. And Dude, this is, this is really weird because that's my problem with with any vehicle I've ever had has always been brakes. <laughs> you should slow down, man. Your life is going too fast. You feel like I'm slowed down. <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. That's funny. So you said you said toasters, like so things, uh, electrical things. You'll you'll cause them to malfunction. Well, it not, not necessarily cause them to malfunction, but they will happen by, some people call it coincidence, to be affected during a time when it actually reflects something about your own life. Uh, a toaster could be something just like, uh, not, not it's usually for breakfast, or what, it depends on what that appliance uh, represents to you in your life. So if you use a toaster every morning uh, to make... Um, a bagel with cream cheese, and that that reminds you of being late to work every day, and then, then all of a sudden it goes out, and then that causes you to be even later, and it brings your attention to it. So you usually you will know. Uh, if you pay attention to it, you'll say, well, what does this reflect in my life? And if you listen to your own intuition, your body will tell you, and you'll even understand exactly how it fits. You just have to be conscious of it. The, the day we took her car in for the transmission, we uh, there's a the, at the mechanic store what we were at when we went to go swipe our card, the entire system went down, <laughs> and that and that, that happens a lot. That's funny because I'm I'm like there it is, and then we got all that situated, and then we went to this place called the Container Store. Their system got shut down. We were there. It was, it was our transaction. <laughs> All on the same two, day. Two places. Yeah. You know, you, you these oh. guys know that every time I touch something, just, I get near something. You know, just the other day, uh, Marfa Man hops in her car from from the car, from the place where you're <laughs> Demolition Derby. Yeah, you picked us up. And what did we, we see? We saw a car, like, blow a flat tire. As soon as Marfa Man gets in the car, a tire just explodes on the highway. And it takes a fender. Yeah, right next to us. And then, and then uh, the, the tire actually wipes the front end of the, the car right off. And then and then we're driving. Not even a minute later, a cone flies off the back of. It's like way up in the air. It's like Final Destination. It's like a cone up in the air at us at our windshield and lands right in front of us. We got to swerve. He goes, "Don't worry, this is all me, guys." Immediately turn around, and I said, "Okay, I'll put you in a bubble of energy." Put me in the trunk right now. I, I threw him. I threw him back a, a positive grenade. That is really funny because you know so many times I'm like it's because I'm here or I'm you know. Well, yeah. okay, Mark. Why do you think somebody like like him? Why is he different than than us? Like I don't create those things and with electric devices. You don't create it's, those things with electric devices, but you do do them in other ways. Uh, he is a vortex of energy. There's a, it's like white tornadoes seem to be going on around him, but you. <laughs> Could be uh, it could be about relationships that wherever you go you affect relationships in a certain way, whether mm-hmm. it's bringing couples together or breaking them up, whatever. Or you could be, um, it, it may not be about relationships. It could be about 
artwork that uh, artwork seems to have some kind of a effect that you bring draw in artists or certainly in your line of work uh, you bring in a lot of different ideas and different things that seem very abstract so your effect and what, how you affect things around you could be very different than how he does I see. So it depends. Everybody is different. Their Excellent. energy is different. Vibration is different. That's very interesting. That's vibration cool. is exactly right. You said it right there. It's what you vibrate with. And that's really what the law of attraction is about, is about what you put yourself in vibration with. And when you were asking about the car earlier, there could be bigger results from it, but it's what you put your vibration with. So if you're trying to create the right car, you're going to want to put yourself in vibration with that drawing in the, 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 a car for you, you want to know, well, what is it that I want the car for? What is the purpose for it? And let me draw a car that fills that purpose. So you, you can't just force things. you got to kind of go with the flow. Well, there's a combination, and that's one of the seven tools that I talk about in the second part of the book, is free will. Free will is the udder that, the, the rudder, I'm sorry, I said udder, the rudder that steers the ship. And our free will has two different directions. There is us taking personal responsibility for all that we can do and then letting go of everything else that we can't. Right. So there's a balance between those. It's, it's taking responsibility for what you can, but when things are beyond your control, you just have to be able to accept them and figure out, well, what can I do about that situation? Okay, what, what your, your advice will be to, because it seems like there's, a lot of cases where innocent people, good people with good hearts get taken advantage of all the time. What would you tell these people? Just it's part of the process or are they attracting that? Both. It is part of the process. Um, but you can eliminate that, that stuff to some degree. But bad things do happen to good people. You know, we all die and most people consider that a bad thing. I don't, but it, it is something that happens, and people do get in accidents. Very, very good people get hurt, but there, I have good friends that have lost limbs and been shot and different things, but it's the way that they deal with that and overcome that that often sometimes makes them an even stronger and better person. But if you look at anything that happens to you in life and figure, how can this benefit me? Because I drew this into me in some way, what benefit can I get from it? If you have that attitude about everything, you'll find less bad things happen to you. Mm. Because they all look a little bit good, and you can create your own good luck by having a positive attitude about anything that happens. And sometimes that sounds almost callous. I know a lot of times when people are going through suffering and they hear, oh, look for the bright side, they don't want to hear that. Exactly. But it is a part of life, and, and if you can have an attitude about it that, yes, bad things do happen, but we can grow from bad things. Interesting. Roll with the punches. Yeah. That's. I'm just thinking. That's, that's I'm, really I just good. got into real deep thought here. That's that's really good advice for for you know what we were talking about earlier with with you know, bad business and people getting taken advantage of more these days and um just people in general I feel are, are getting getting more to themselves these days. I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it, it seems like that. 
maybe it's part of the plan. Maybe all these things are happening to all these people to sort of wake them up. Right. Give them exactly right there. It, it's part of the polarization, and uh, that's a big part of what some people talk about with 2012, is that there is a polarizing. And when you are work towards becoming enlightened, some people look at two different parts. There's uh, doing it through just looking at yourself and polarizing, and they call it negative polarization, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just You're just looking to be the best person that you can be. You don't try to hurt anybody else, but you really just look at how things affect you. The positive way of enlightenment is through service to others. And when you see how you can be of benefit to society, to the people around you, to the people that you love. So that polarization is happening. But when you talk about bad things happening, that is also a big part of this whole birthing process and the, the purpose of the Birth 2012 event is that crises often leads to quantum leaps in evolution. A lot of the part steps in evolution could not have happened if it were not for a, a major challenge that had to be overcome and, and get to the next level. It's part of the survival of the fittest, and it's what makes us grow. So a lot of the crises that we're facing now in the environment and in business that you're talking about right now are all things that bring our attention to it make us address it and create systems that work better. Interesting. It's sort of like growing pain. Exactly. Yes, it is. For the soul. It's like like toughing us up. Correct. <laughs> Let me tell you. Sometimes. Yeah, and about complaining, too. I'm totally guilty of, oh you know, God. the complaining. I, yes. could, I could cut it down a little. <laughs> So next time you complain, I'm going to tell you, don't complain, tell me, unless you have a solution. God. I know someone who, <laughs> I know someone in this world that, that thinks I complain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get, let's get back to the event, the Birth 2012 Project. How is this rea- related to creating this ultra-human? The Birth 2012 Project is called, I, I changed the name of my local event so that people would understand more, because Birth 2012 is a bit vague, and I wanted the name itself to understand. The name of my event is called Conscious Living Fest. Uh, you can go to www.consciouslivingfest.com and be connected to the Birth 2012 event. They're, they're linked, but uh, Birth 2012 is about a shift, and it's a shift from ego to essence. And when I talk about ego, I'm not talking about somebody feeling confident or cocky. I'm talking about the ego in your mind that is a fear-based protection mechanism to look out for yourself, and it's what causes selfishness and separation and anxiety. It's us saying that we are not all united, that the world works against me. When you realize that you're all part of it and that it's all a network, then you feel connected. And so when you can shift from that fear-based thought to your heart-based thought, which is really true compass towards where you're supposed to be going. And this is why, as a coach, I work to help people identify what their passions are and what makes them feel good and use that as a guide to get to where they want to be and to identifying what their purpose is and the path that they need to get to get there because life really is meant to be joyful. So by shifting to heart-based thought, in other words, even like heart-based business we were talking about before, 
when you make your decisions based on what feels good, you will make decisions that are for the better good for everybody. And that's what the, the first 2012 is about, is raising our consciousness and getting 100 million people, 70 million would be 1% of the 7 billion people on the planet, but we're looking for 100 million people to be unified on December 22nd to raising their consciousness and to looking beyond 2012. 2012 we look at as a birth, as an awakening, as one of you was saying earlier. It's, it's not an end. It's, it's the beginning of something very new. And sometimes the very be the beginning of something very new, you do go through growing pains, and there are uh, challenges to it. But we're looking at beyond this. At, at now that we're birthing this ultra-human, how do we create systems to support it? And they all grow together. You know, you don't just pop out at, as a 16-year-old boy. You start out as a baby, and you grow into that. So uh, we, we have to grow the systems to help birth this new ultra-human who thinks from their heart and works in unity for peace, for um, working together to create no poverty, getting rid of poverty and uh, saving and working on the environment, working on education, basically everybody working together instead of individually thinking with their minds, what's in it for me? Mm. Now, is this, is this something that's all going to take place at a certain moment in time like everybody you know 100 million people tune in at this at this very moment in time and raise their vibrations all at once or is this kind of it's something 24-hour period and it'll be very similar to a new year's eve in fact i often describe it as new year's eve meets earth day ah. and start in new zealand uh, barbara marks hubbard has 12 uh, visionaries that will be placed in every other time zone so every other time zone We'll have one of these great leaders, uh, and Jack Canfield will be there, Neil Donald Walsh, uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith will be in California. So somebody in each time zone will be representing that whole time zone, but there will be different hubs and different parties, just like there are at New Year's Eve all around the world. There will be, uh, and our event in Orlando, Florida, will be broadcast via satellite to all the other locations, and at one point, each one will broadcast you know, hey, here's what's going on at our party. And then we'll also be able to listen to each of the speeches from around the world. I believe that from 12 to 1, each of the 12 noon until 1 p.m., each of the hubs, especially the central hubs, will be posting in. And a lot of this is still growing. The, the person who's organizing it as the actual event planner for the main hub is the same one who did the John Stewart's March on Washington. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did the Pachamama event, which brought together, uh, I think, well, it was over a million people in a very similar type of event. So he's got a lot of experience in doing this type of work. And, again, it's still being developed as far as how the schedule of the event is going to be. But the idea is that, yeah, over a 24-hour period, wow, well, all over the globe. The amount of energy will be created by thinking po you know, positive altogether. Mark, what, what do you think is going to happen on the 21st? I don't think that anything catastrophic is going to happen. I don't think that anything sudden is going to happen. The reason that they picked the 21st, and that's what the date that we are, the date of our event is going to be the 22nd, which is the first day of the new Mayan calendar. But when you think of a calendar, 
you think of our calendar being 12 months long, and at the end of December, what happens? We just flip and start a new calendar. And that's really all the Mayan calendar is doing, is it's switching to a new 2,600-year cycle. So instead of 12 months, this calendar happens to be 2,600 years old. And then we just start a new cycle. But through the astrology and all the things that they've discovered, they realize that there are patterns in how things happen and that the prediction, and a lot of it comes from the Mayans and the Aztecs and the Hopi Indians, have very, very similar stories that all happen to be about this exact same date, even though they're not based on each other. So that's a lot of the mystery that comes from it. And then they have a, an alien connection to the, the blue star and then the return of the blue star. So there's that uh, seed from an outside source that has seeded the planet and that it is returning. There's that aspect of it. But what actually happens and why it happened and, and the history of it to me is less important than what we create from it and, and it's that moving forward it's the birth 2012 and the beyond part that really matters and that's where we we do go through a lot of uh, crises and a, and a lot of problems but out of it we create a new higher elevation of man and that if we can get that one percent elevated we bring everybody else along with us and, and it is you do go through growing pains just like a birth I've, I've seen very few people smile and laugh their way through giving birth so just like a start over yeah start um, I have a question uh, is is on the mind calendar were there leap years factored into that because we're in a leap uh, and a leap year is really just a, a mathematical uh, patch because of the number of seconds that it takes to get around the planet within every four years, it, you just get you need that extra space to fill in the gap for the calendar. And the calendars have actually changed many times over the 2,600 years because of the wobble of the planet that uh, it has changed the length of days and everything else. So, although time is adjusted. Yeah, we, we don't know that the exact date of that would be um, the, the same amount of time as what 2,600 years would be. So there is always some variable. Sure. But uh, it, it is that they don't need a, um, a leap year in order to fix their calendar. Their calendar is actually very accurate. Hmm. Gotcha. That's a good point, though. Yeah, I just thought about it. Yeah, good to mention. Um <clears throat> All of this is really interesting. I have to ask you one more question. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit off topic, but kind of on topic. Have you ever had a paranormal experience in your life? I've had a lot of them, but I think the most relevant experience was when I was working towards setting up this event. And I was still working a, a full-time job and, and transitioning into just focusing on the coaching and the book and deciding how I could play a role in birth 2012 and I was couldn't get it out of my head about the event and, and if I was going to do it I wanted to do it big I wanted to do it right but I, I felt drawn to be part of it and at the same time I felt like I was overwhelmed and there was too much else happening I was driving down the street I pulled into a 7-Eleven 
I turned off the engine of my car and I just closed my eyes and I said, I, I know that I've been guided through my life. I, I have had assistance in getting me where I am. And I feel that I need that assistance to keep going forward. And I need my guardian angel to tell me that I'm being watched over and guided in this direction. And as long as I can know that I'm being guided in this direction and that it's bigger than me, then I will not be afraid to do it, and I can go forward and, and have full confidence that this is the right way to go. Just please let me feel that confidence and, and have, give me some kind of sign. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I said that, I just felt comfort all over. I said, okay, I know that the sign is coming. I'll just be patient and wait for it one way or the other. And I opened my eyes and just felt lighter and looked in the rearview mirror, and as I looked in the rearview mirror, I saw a white feather fall down onto the back of my car, uh, the, the rear, uh, the back window. And then the big, large, beautiful white feather started crawling up the back of my window onto the roof of my car and then crawled across my car and dropped in through my sunroof and landed on my lap. No. <laughs> That's a pretty clear sign that I'm being guided by my guardian angel to, to go in this direction. Wow. I want very interesting. A week later, my, my uh, event planner that I ended up working with was going through the same thing. She was trying to decide because she was overwhelmed with projects, but this was something that really appealed to her heart and she mm -hmm. wanted to be involved with. And she said, you know, that just asking herself, you know, is this what she should do? And as soon as she said that, she wasn't asking an angel or anything else. She said, is this what I should do? She saw this white feather land in, outside of her window, but land right on the windowsill, and she just watched it. And looked at it and said, "Oh, okay." And called me up and said, "Hey, I just had a white feather land. Does that mean anything?" And I shared my story. She said, "Excellent. Well, I guess we're on the same page." Wow. wow. I love that. It's really That's cool. beautiful. Yeah. It'd be cool to find out if there's more white feather stories out there. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, there are actually because we, we we looked it up and there are lots of different omens and signs and uh, you, you can do a Google search on. What is the symbolism of a white feather? And I found it very appropriate for that situation. Yes, and but it's truly beautiful. It's not like just the feather just landed on your lap. I mean, no, you saw it. You you saw that I on your. Watched. I had to squint to see. Is that really a beautiful white feather just crawling up my window? And it almost really had this dance up the window, and and, and then it disappeared <laughs> for a second, and then just kind of floated down onto my lap. That's right great. Right on my lap, like not next to me, not in front of me, just landed right on my lap. I still have the feather in a, in a Ziploc bag in my office. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of Friday the 13th this year when I was all worried. And no. I needed a sign, and I'd come out of Chick-fil-A, and there's a raven on my car, and it wouldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> I need some white feathers. <laughs> have you guys ever heard of the 100th monkey? No. No. The 100th monkey effect, uh, you, you could Google it or search for it later. It's on YouTube, too. But it's basically about, to me, is in reference to Gandhi's expression, be the change that you want to see in the world. The 100th uh -huh. monkey effect is about uh, Japanese researchers in 1952 were studying the social behaviors of the macaque monkeys. So they were using sweet potatoes to lure the monkeys closer to them so they could watch them and interact with them. And one rebellious little monkey, instead of just taking the monkey, the potato and eating it, ran into the water and, and rinsed it off in the sea in the seawater and started eating it like that. And it got the dirt and the grit off of the potato, but it also added a nice little salty taste to the sweetness of the sweet potato. 
And some of the other young monkeys started doing this. And eventually there were dozens of these monkeys that were all doing it. But the oldest monkeys, the elder monkeys, were very set and just get them a potato and, and eat it quick before some kind of other monkey comes and takes it or whatever. Out of fear, they just they would eat the potato as fast as they could. Eventually they, they noticed that there were, they counted that there were 99 different monkeys on this one island that were all now rinsing off their potatoes within a very short time. And this was an evolutionary thing. She hadn't learned it from anybody else. This one monkey came up with it, but then everybody else started copying it. And that was pretty neat. But what happened was when the 100th monkey took on this practice, all of a sudden all the rest of the monkeys took on the same practice, but not just on that one island where they had observed it, but macaques of every island all of a sudden started taking on that same behavior. No. Without I had never seen it before. The, the islands didn't have any contact, so the, the, they were separated. Right. There was no way for the monkeys to, to get from one island to the other. They had just, it was it's considered as a quantum leap in a species evolution. Because uh, it hit 100? Because, well, it hit the 1%. It hit the um, critical mass for the species. And that's why we're the whole shift network is working towards that 1% of the human uh, species, which there's 7 billion people on the planet. So one percent of that would be seventy million people. So we would oh. have more than seventy million people to create this shift, and it's like a school of fish. One fish turns directions, and the rest of them just instantly do it behind them. It only takes one percent to make that shift, and that's what we're working for. That is beautiful. So let's have a hundred people listen to our show. Very normal. Absolutely, we get a hundred million of them listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I love it. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. I definitely want to be looking forward to be a part of this project. And I want to thank you so much for accepting this lovely interview tonight and sharing your beautiful mind with us. Yes, thank you. You guys uh, have a great show. I love the energy and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Before you go, tell our listeners how can they contact you? uh, I would recommend please go to the website www.consciouslivingfest.com you can contact me directly at my website which is markporteous.com that's spelled m-a-r-k p as in paul o-r t as in tom e as in edward o-u-s as in sam dot com but I am also on the, the main website and you can have a link there wonderful well again thank you so much for being here with us tonight and any, you want to add anything? That was real insightful, yeah. Good having you on. Thanks, I'm Bob, Vera, and crew. I appreciate it, and I, I look forward to following your success. I, I see big things in your future for sure. You're doing good work. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, Have a we'll wonderful be, night. Thank we'll you. be on you, and, and, uh, and good luck with the turnout on, on this. Absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll follow up uh, when we get closer to it. There will be a lot more excitement about it in the last three months. You'll be I, seeing it all over the place. Absolutely. Great. Thanks, love you. Bye, guys. Good night. Good night. Wow, so what do you think? I love that last story about the 100 monkey event. I I never that heard was of cool. that. That was cool. That was good timing to just say that, yes. too. I know. I, was like, I have ADD a lot, but I was like, just like, I was sucked into that. <laughs> I actually pay attention to you. You're always moving around on the chair and moving papers and scratching your head. And This was different. This and was you're just different like, for me. stop. Yeah. I think he hit home with you. I've been I, very somber during this. and uh, I saw your face a couple of times. Do you like, like monkeys? Oh 
Yeah. Love them. Really? <laughs> like sweet potatoes. Oh, um, that's a lovely story. Yeah. It's going to stay with me. I, I love his ambience, you know, and the way he talks. And uh, he's not saying anything that's too far out there. You know, we've heard some some stuff. Yeah. And this was um, anybody can, can, you know, practice this. Or believe exactly. in that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was really it was easy to relate to, to what he was talking about. I love the I love the part about about affecting uh, the the toasters and, and the electronics. I saw your face just drop over there. <laughs> he was talking about you. I know he was really funny. And he, without even knowing you, he must be a little psychic or something. That's really cool. He was describing you. That happens a lot in our show. That our guests usually. Describe somehow One your the, situation, mostly you. Yeah. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, yeah, it, it, this one did hit a little home in a funny way. Big time, but you so, got to pay attention now. If something's going on in your life, would you be a call your appliances, anything, lawnmower? It's, it's, all, it's always, though. You all look, know that. Look in, yeah, it does. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> look into yourself. Can't, you know what's, Why you know what's happening? I've noticed street lights go out sometimes when I walk under them. Really? And that's not even a joke. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the creative light going out. Turn your light on. If you are a You're vortex of energy, as he said. Oh yeah. Can white, you imagine? You're a white tornado. No, no, no. He said that. No, 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 no. I agree. It's white not. He said there's white tornadoes around you. He didn't say you were a tornado. I believe You're it. You're a vortex of energy. Do you imagine if you're having extreme happiness, the power you will have around <clears> you? I'm on it. Oh. I've been, you know, when, when we talked to D. Wallace, I've been doing, I've been trying that stuff, mm-hmm. trying to just, you know, make it positive do and guys, do it. Do you guys find yourselves with um, a lot of our guests, like, getting this valuable information through each show and kind of installing it into your lives? Yeah. I, I know y'all do a lot more than, yeah. It's, it's, this, this show, <laughs> this show yeah. like, definitely opened up my mind quite a bit. And I want to, Vera, thank you. That's, oh, that's no, awesome. no, no. I mean... I'm growing. I'm learning. Yeah, I as, could, as I go, I knew nothing about this two years ago. Nothing. It's fun. It's fun to be open-minded yeah. and you know but hear it makes different sense. things. All of this makes sense, and it applies. And it's almost like I was ready. I knew there was more. There was more to it than what I was experiencing. And the as far as we go, I mean, I just keep learning. I agree. I'm a student. I'm a complete Love. student, and. I'm for it. It's all positive and about that's, evolving. That's what, that's what society needs is some more more positive vibes running around because we got a lot of stuff bringing us down these days. Let's have, let's do a monkey event. Well, all the media. I love monkeys. So basically, if that's correct about Quentin Leap, then we don't need advertising. You're right. <laughs> it's just going to happen. <laughs> we just have to have 100 people or 100 million. Have you ever seen Let's Br- a hundred first. Have you ever seen Bruce Almighty? <laughs> yes. I watched that the other day. And that is just if you haven't seen that in a while, go revisit that. I, I It will it will probably be yeah. a different really, perspective. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, and he talked about the one thing he couldn't do when he was God was was mess up free will. And mm-hmm. he mentioned that tonight. And uh, you know, when bad things are happening to you, because that's what happened to him the whole throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's mad at God for it. Mm-hmm. And just watched it two days ago and I was laughing. And it's a good movie. I mm-hmm. forgot how good it was. It is a good movie. It would be interesting to watch it now with the knowledge that we have. I totally was like folding laundry and I just stopped and I watched the whole movie. <laughs> nice. Um, and also, I heard 
y'all say growing pains like three times, and I've had that theme song in my head the entire time. <laughs> I'm on a TV show. Show me a smile. I'll show me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sing, sing the song again. We gotta learn it. Uh, 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 uh. Oh my goodness. Well. Yep. I don't want to hear you singing, so how it's about... The Stevers. <laughs> right. How about we go take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of the summary for tonight's interview. You're listening to The Very Normal Show. Call us live at 818-532-9739. Go online and check out the website at veranormal.com. Hey, hey, welcome. You just logged in. That's too bad because we only have 10 minutes left on the show. We start okay. at 9 p.m. Central. But we are the Very Normal Show. If you want to learn more about us, please go to our website, www.veranormal.com. You can also find me on Facebook under Vera J. Martinez and on Twitter at Vera Normal. So we're talking about... Growing pain. Growing pain. <laughs> <laughs> Collective the summary for, for tonight's interview. What do you, what do you guys think is going to happen in 2012, uh, the to- December 21st? What do you guys think? I I'm I'm the one. I'm I'm, I'm positive. I, it's it's a beginning. It's the beginning to a new era. I really believe that it's time for. I see it kind of like computers. Humans are due for an upgrade. So like more ram, more outdated. RAM, more more memory or more no, our consciousness too? is expanding. So we're aware of more other than just ourselves, uh, other than I'm, just being self-centered. I'm celebrating Christmas on the 20th just to be safe. <laughs> We're opening presents on the 20th. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do something real quick. If we get disconnected. I'll connect right back up. I need to refresh my page real quick. Are we, does that mean we don't talk? Okay, no, 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 I'm good. Oh, we're still on. Yeah, it was just a glitch. Oh, we have a caller. Let's see, area code 586. Welcome to the show. You're on the air. What's your name? Hello? Oh, I don't know. Okay, well... Maybe it was there. I had a glitch on the switch where I apologize if somebody tried to call today. I wasn't. It, it wasn't patching through any other calls. We have another caller. Area code. Oh, I'm like, that's my favorite thing ever. I was like, yeah. Welcome to the show. Area code 90. Oh, he or she hung up. Caller was dropped. Okay, what's going on? Anthony, is that you over there affecting the switchboard? I, <laughs> I am close to it. So. No, that's why. Uh, that's why there. we keep him in the corner. Maybe it's you. No, I know. I'm in the. Vicinity. I know somebody in my family. My mother's kind of like that. Okay, so here's um, the caller again. Nine zero one. You're on the air. What's your name? Hey, this Randy. 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 The alien. Randy the alien? Yeah. How are y'all doing? Wow. I know I've been traveling a little bit. What have you been up to? 
Oh, man, just playing catch-up. You know how it goes. It's just, I've been out, I've been out. I've been away from Earth for a while. It's good to be back. Randy, where are you at right now? Uh, well, I'm in the central part of the state, kind of up near Kansas City area, right outside of Kansas City, actually. Nice. Are you on business? Yeah, kind of. You know, I'm not business like y'all do business, like business. But, yeah, doing my job. We um we wanted to know how that convention that took place in Nevada was. That's right. Oh, the uh, the intergalactic party. Yep. Oh, it, it was good. This was probably one of my top two top two parties. So I've been 15 years in a row. Probably ranked as their top two all time. What's going on there? Well, you know we have some meetings here and there, but mainly it's just kind of a get together. A lot of bands come and play. Yeah, did you uh, meet anybody? Um, like meet like people from Earth that you would know, or like yeah. just people like that are uh, influential throughout the galaxy. Yeah, both. Do they, are there a lot of Earthlings well, there? Both. Um, no, there's a few. There's a handful. There's a handful. Um, you know, we gotta kind of be secret. We we well. Earthlings like to be secretive. They don't like to. We don't, we don't want to name names or anything. But let's, I'm trying to think. There was um, there were some politicians there, a couple of them, a handful. Uh, but the main thing I go for is like the entertainment. That's you were there for the entertainment, or yeah, you, yeah. No, I was there for the entertainment. <laughs> What'd you do? Um, no, I, I'm not the entertainment. I like to watch the bands. I like rock and roll. And yeah. actually, rock and roll started back in my galaxy. So that's kind of why I'm partial to that. Does the music sound the same? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, remember, like, I think we had discussed this before. Remember, like, remember that crash in Roswell, New Mexico, we talked about last time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That crash... Um, those aliens actually weren't from my planet, but they're from the same galaxy. So when they crashed, they um, had some uh, tapes on the plane, or what y'all would call tapes. Tapes? And that's kind of how the music kind of got here to this earth. That's something I've never thought about. So you're saying that, I never thought about this, that there's like a radio system. They listen to music when they're flying around in the saucers? Well, it, yeah, everybody does. It's kind of relaxed a little bit, you know. I mean, there's different styles. Everybody has different tastes, you know. Not everybody likes the same thing. And that particular guy had this a couple tapes on there, and that's kind of how rock and roll got here. Does that make sense? <laughs> that was 47, so, yeah, I guess rock and roll hadn't really it made Yeah, sense. yeah, so, yeah. And they um, kind of stayed hidden a little while, and it leaked out. Some people, I don't know who they are, I can't name them. We kind of snuck it out, leaked it out. So much you old And it ended up, it actually ended up um, in a strange of all places. I mean, when you think of the United States, you think of like what? New York, Chicago, mm-hmm. L.A. Tape ended up in Memphis, Tennessee. I wouldn't say that. Like Elvis and Sun Studios, oh, Johnny Cash. There you go, you're tying it all together now. They're, they were inspired by aliens or they were aliens? No, no, no. They had the, they had a copy of the tape and heard it for the first time by normal human beings. Did you think that like Elvis heard this stuff, or do you think it was more like his engineers or his producers? 
No, 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 no. They heard it here in Memphis, and then that's how they started copying it. They, they I mean, they can't do it at the same level, but that's how they, they, they heard it and they wanted to copy it. So anyway, that, that's neither here nor there, but that's kind of how it leaked out. But there's some big-name big name bands that played there that were awesome. So you guys listen to radio over there. Have you ever listened to, you know, any of the Internet radio? Um, Like satellite radio? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like music without commercials, right? <laughs> Do they? Does anyone from uh, your planet or wherever you're from know about us? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's actually some bands. There's actually a handful of bands that are pretty popular here that are from another galaxy. Really? <laughs> That's <is> crazy. <laughs> They're alien fighters. artists. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god. Anyway, we yeah. we are running out of time here. Oh my gosh, Randy. But, uh, good inf- insight right there, man. So that is kind of how it all ties. But uh, you listen again. I'm here on business, but I, I want everybody to know if, they, if anybody's listening to y'all show out there right now that's concerned. Um, we, you know, we want to be. You know, we're incorporated here in y'all's ecosystem on the earth. I guess ecosystem is that the correct word? Okay. Um, you know, we're not here to do any harm. There, um, but I'm kind of a messenger. You know, I kind of take. I'm kind of a middleman almost between Earthlings and where I come from. So. But y'all are doing a good job. Just keep it up. Well, thank Thanks, you. Man. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Keep checking and, in. Uh, yes, keep checking in. We have 30 seconds left. Everyone, thank you so much. We are now experts, just big paranormal fans. Be skeptical, but be open-minded too. And together, let's continue to search for answers. Thanks, Randy. Good night. Good night, everyone. Oh, yeah. That's it for tonight. The Vera Normal Show. Little Midge. Marfa Man. Vera Martinez, we're out.